The Start On Demand. On demand. Yesterday, November 22nd, would have been Grey Cup Sunday, and tomorrow, November 24th, marks the first anniversary of the Blue Bombers' Grey Cup victory. So today we spoke to Bob Irving for a weekly Monday visit about the Grey Cup, all things Grey Cup, including the very first Grey Cup game, which was held in Winnipeg back in 1991. We also did a fact check today to answer questions like, can COVID-19 tests be tricked by the influenza virus? And if you could return to one moment in time over the last year and a bit, which moment would it be? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's back from vacation next week. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Monday, November 23rd podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, Loren is off this week, Jeff Fortier in Master Control. We say good morning to you, Mr. Greg Mackling. No? Don't want to say hello? He's just like, no, I'm not going to talk. Yeah. Greg's in a different studio right now. Is your microphone working now? No? Okay. (laughs) Yay, Monday! We're already there, Fortier. No, I'm looking... To bring you behind the curtain, I'm looking at a monitor right now where I can see Jeff Forte on the bottom left, I can see Greg Mackling top left, and uh, he is laughing and smiling in frustration. I think I'm here. (laughs) This computer is susceptible to static electricity, and this jacket, this new jacket that I'm wearing... Uh, seems to create a ton of static electricity. So th- this window on my computer was open earlier. I went to click on it, and it was gone. So I'm back. Good morning, Brett. <laughs> Happy Monday to you, sir. <laughs> well, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, Greg. And uh, today is the Monday following, I guess, what would have been Grey Cup Sunday. You know what? That's a really good point. Yesterday would have been Grey Cup in Regina. We all know uh, the status of that game, status of the CFL. CFL released their 2021 schedule late last week. Uh, The Grey Cup next year scheduled to be played in Hamilton. And then 2022, Regina will get the Grey Cup that it was supposed to get this past weekend. But let me tell you, uh, social media was absolutely jam-packed full of people's memories from last year in Calgary. And tomorrow will mark the one-year anniversary of the Blue Bombers' big win in Calgary against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So, uh, yeah, a great cup and the CFL overall on a lot of people's minds this weekend. And a huge, huge salute to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I don't know if you saw the video, but they released, uh, when they released the schedule, uh, and they released all kinds of graphics on social media. But my favorite part was when they summed up the schedule by putting together a montage of moments from the TV show The Office. So week by week, whether it was the Stampeders or Edmonton, I think, made me laugh the most because every they would always pick a clip from The Office where they'd say, sorry, what's your name again? <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Riley Mara over at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers once again showing off his 
editing skills, his creativity on the video side, his sense of humor, and, uh, well, right across the league. Uh, there were players, there were executives, there were media uh, individuals and personalities right across Canada who were giving thumbs up and praising the way the Blue Bombers released their 2021 schedule. And a reminder as well for tomorrow, breakfast with the Bombers, and tomorrow is the anniversary of the Grey Cup victory, and uh, we have a special guest for breakfast with the Bombers tomorrow. Yeah, the most outstanding player, the most outstanding Canadian in that game, Andrew Harris, scheduled to join us tomorrow to discuss the Grey Cup victory. It's also, Brett, tomorrow the 29th anniversary of the first ever Grey Cup game played in Winnipeg. Oh! 1991 at Old Winnipeg Stadium, almost 52,000 people in attendance, the largest event ever in that building. We will visit, uh, we'll have our weekly visit with Bob Irving just after 8.30 this morning. We'll, we'll talk about how the excitement for last year's Grey Cup Championship continues to resonate and continues, I think, to grow and build in our community. But we'll also look back on that historic game, the first of four Grey Cups that the city of Winnipeg has hosted. Was that the one with the rocket? That is the one with the rocket. With the frozen beer? With the frozen beer. And the two idiots with their shirts off? Uh, two idiots. There were lots of idiots with <laughs> Without any shirts on. I sat in the South End bleachers uh, with some individuals from Regina, and they had these great big long coats, and they'd sewn pockets into the interior of these coats. And they told me that they went to a Manitoba liquor store the night before, and they bought a Mickey of every single <laughs> alcohol they had never seen before. And uh, that's what they had in their in their jacket. They had uh, quite the buffet of alcohol to choose from. There was nobody checking tickets. There was very little security when I walked in the gates for that game in 1991. It was so cold. And I think the thought was, if you're coming to the stadium on a day like today, you must have a ticket Fair because enough. you're not coming on spec. And uh, it was it was quite the event. And it, it, it set the stage for smaller communities like Winnipeg, like Regina, like Ottawa, like Hamilton to uh, host the Grey Cup game on a regular basis. And coming up, uh, by the way, as well for tomorrow, we have Breakfast with the Bombers at 7.30, but also the CJOB Sports Show with Christian O'Mell will have some special guests in the first hour of his show. The sports show is on from 7 until 9. And at 6.45, with the Grey Cup being celebrated this over the weekend on social media, the anniversary is tomorrow. A lot of people remembering happier times. Mm. So we want to, at 6.45, have a conversation. If you could pick... Just one moment in time over the last 12, 18 months, where would you return? Uh, and this isn't about, well, woe is me. I'm sad that I can't do this stuff and I don't have anything to look forward to. We just want to revisit some happier times. And then with, the, of course, the notion that we will get there again one day, hopefully sooner than later. But yes. eventually. Yes, and uh, I like the, the fact that you've made that qualifier. This isn't supposed to be a, a wallowing exercise. This is just uh, an opportunity to think about some things that you wish you could do right now, but maybe more importantly, just a happier time that if you had that magic piece of technology, you could go back in time and just be there. We do want to start... 
this uh, half hour, Greg, on the, the conversation. I mean, lots of discussion over the weekend over frustration, I think, on what's been deemed essential versus non-essential, i.e., what you're allowed to walk into a store and buy. I mean, that's how my social media feed looked like over the weekend. I don't know about, I don't know about you. Well, I got a phone call about quarter to five from a good friend of mine uh, who, who said, do you know you can't buy a newspaper? They've got the newspapers and magazines all blocked off at a store she was at, and I was surprised to learn that. And then I said, you know, with the magazines, it doesn't really surprise me because the presence of magazines tends to encourage people to stand around and flip through those magazines. Yeah. Probably something we don't want people doing. But the access to a newspaper, I thought, was pretty not good. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon my my sentence structure there. I, I really <laughs> felt that, that yeah, that had to be an oversight because there are a lot of people, A, that do not get home delivery, lots of people who don't have internet access. And if you have internet access, the ability to access online articles from the Winnipeg Free Press in particular, you have to have a credit card in order to do that, to create an online account. And I read uh, from one organization that 11% of Manitobans do not have a credit card. Now, one of the options, if you don't have a credit card, Brett, is to buy one of those prepaid Visa or MasterCards. Well, up until Saturday, those gift cards weren't available either. So it was really a double jeopardy situation for for a lot of Manitobans who don't have the same benefits of banking services that, that you and I might have. Yeah, so it's good to see that the province did switch that around, allowing newspapers and gift cards and prepaid credit cards to be purchased. Uh, we think that that was just something they didn't consider. Uh, but we got a text Friday morning, and I don't know if you saw this on Friday morning, but somebody texted us, I think around like 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., saying, you can't buy a lottery ticket now? I remember seeing that. And I, I thought... I. I, I wasn't entirely sure, but then sure enough, the uh, the official release came in that lottery terminals were going to be shut down. And that was another one that made me wonder, like, I don't know about this, because not everybody has access to buy these tickets online. And I went through the process, because I buy lottery tickets every Tuesday and Friday. I buy the 649 and the Lotto Max. And uh, I went to playnow.com. I actually had an interesting experience. This was all user error, so I will admit that. (laughs) But I signed up for the account, and whenever you create an account for anything, you always have to enter your password twice. It's like, please enter your password. Now please re-enter your password. So I did that, created my account, tried to log in, couldn't log in, didn't know why. So I phoned them. This would have been Friday around 8 o'clock. And it just simply said, due to a higher call volume, we can't help you right now. So call back. So it didn't even put me into a queue. It just axed the call because I guess they are probably being flooded by people trying to figure out how to use the service who had never used it before. Turns out when I entered my password, when I created the the account, I entered it wrong. Like I had a password in mind, but I spelled it incorrectly. You have to do it twice. I, yeah. Cause I, and I noticed it when, when I realized I, I was, I was punching it in, I kept hitting the wrong letter. So my fat thumbs screwed it up. So I was able to finally get in. I missed out on buying a lot of max ticket on Friday, but I was able to get in and buy a 649 ticket. But I don't know. What do you think about lottery tickets? Not being able to buy a lottery ticket. Well, I guess it's one thing if you do a quick pick, but yeah. not everybody does a quick pick. And so, which means you have to go to that little counter 
and get the sheet out and fill in your numbers yep. manually. And then you have also the pro line, the different sporting lotteries that you can play, betting on sports. And that involves quite often you standing at that lottery kiosk or that little desk for quite a long period of time. Yep. So I get that. Yep. I absolutely get that. Is it an essential service to have access to a lottery? Uh, I guess you could possibly argue that, that it's certainly discriminatory against people who can't get online to do it. But is it essential that they have access to that? I'm not going to weigh in, but I can see why they would have uh, shut down in-person purchases. Because once again, they're trying to limit the amount of time, A, that you spend in the store, and B, the number of reasons that you would have to go to the store in the first place. So that one does sort of make sense to me. And I just want to reiterate or, or, or build on the conversation we're having about newspapers, the Saturday paper in particular. I understand there were 12 pages of obituaries on Saturday, an unprecedented number. The previous Saturday, there was a note on the front page of the free press that they had to expand the obituary section because of what we're going through with regard to COVID-19. And I think you would agree with me, Brett, for some people, that physical copy of the Saturday Winnipeg Free Press is their internet. Yep. You know, they have different articles, they have magazines, they have the TV guide, all sorts of things in there that you could consider essential. I see you have on the list here puzzles and word puzzles. I know people who attempt that New York Times crossword puzzle. It's in the Saturday free press. It takes them sometimes the entire week. That's that's a source of entertainment for them for the entire week. I think one of our listeners actually texted about the buying the books with the word, various word puzzles, uh, saying what on their grandparents, that's how they occupied a lot of their time, so to not be able to walk into a store and buy that. And I know that you can still order it and order that kind of stuff curbside, but uh, I'm not entirely sure what I think about that. Uh, also, I think one of the main points of discussion I saw was, so I can't walk into the store and buy item X, but I can still walk in to the LC and buy alcohol. What do you think of that? Look, alcohol is a big part of a lot of people's lifestyle. Um, I won't go as far as to say that's essential in my life or in my household, but let me tell you, my life would be very, very, very different if uh, wine wasn't an option uh, from time to time. That's how people, some people deal with their stress. You can judge them all you want, whether or not that they should be doing that. I don't think there's any room for judgment on that front. And we also know there's been several articles done and conversations about it with regards to people who do deal with, uh, with alcohol as a big part of their life and, and shutting off their supply to that is not healthy for them either. So I, I would argue that uh, keeping the, the, the liquor stores, the beer stores and the cannabis stores, uh, things that I do not necessarily participate, I can go without, that doesn't mean other people can. Yeah, and I think, that for, especially with alcohol, if, if somebody has a chemical dependence on it, if someone is genuinely addicted to that and you suddenly cut them off from that, that could end up with more people in the healthcare system, and that's just a problem we don't need right now, and I'm not going to weigh in on... You, you can speak to the societal ills associated with that later. I mean, we did that uh, week-long feature on alcohol, was it... Last year, or was it early this year, or was it last year? It, well, I think it was last year in the midst of the uh, 
when we were talking about the meth crisis and yeah. Loren did an extensive series of stories. She went out with the Winnipeg Fire Paramedic Service because even with the meth crisis, the predominant, the, the majority of the calls that they go to with regard to any sort of substance involved, it's still miles Miles ahead, it's alcohol that are at the core of a lot of the calls that uh, fire and paramedics get, as well as Winnipeg Police Service. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb back from vacation next week. We want to talk right now about returning to a moment in time over the last 12 months, 18 months, something that made you happy. Because over the weekend, a lot of people in this community returning to a triumphant moment in time for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yesterday would have been Grey Cup Sunday this year in an otherwise normal year. Uh, So that had a lot of people thinking about last year's Grey Cup victory, which was indeed an an ecstatic time for so many of us. So we wanted to ask the question, if you could return to a moment in time over the last year or so, which moment would that be? And again, we emphasize that this isn't about wallowing. This isn't about saying, oh, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. I mean, of course we're feeling that, but we want this to be a, a happy time. Or, uh, you know, I mean, if you have a, a moment that's rather emotional and serious, feel free to share it at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza, which we will give away just after 9.15. So let's go around the horn here. we got Jeff Braun, Jeff Fortier, Kelly Moore, and of course, Mackling and McGarry. Jeff Fortier. Why don't we start with you, buddy? Well, it's it's kind of wallowing, I guess. But I'd like to uh, have a movie night with my friends. Uh, just being able to, because one of them moved to Ontario back in August, so can't see him anymore, period. And, uh, just you know, just like to get together with my best friends, have some brews, hang out, and just enjoy each other's company. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. I, w- I would so just love to go sit at a bar somewhere and have a beer with a friend and just to be able to raise that glass and cheers. That would be just wonderful. So one day, hopefully sooner than later. Jeff Braun, what about you? Um, for me, it's back to November 3rd of 2019. November was a good month last year. Uh, November 3rd is when I went to the movie theaters to see the movie film Parasite, which was one of the rare films where you walk in not knowing anything. It blows you away. It kind of melts your brain and you walk out and you just think about that movie for weeks on end uh, to the point where you have to go back and see it again. Th- those movies are very far and few between. So that was a particularly good one. I would, I would like to have that experience again. Was that with Natalie Portman? Uh, no. no. What movie am I thinking of? You might be thinking of Annihilation. Oh, that's it. That's Black what I'm thinking Swan. of. Yes. <laughs> 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 the professional. Um, Kelly. Well, I would uh, love nothing better than to be planning another week or winter getaway to uh, Mexico, but that's not in the cards for this year. Keep our fingers crossed maybe for 2022. Yeah. Jeff, uh, Jeff Greg Mackling, what about you, sir? Oh, microphone. It it would be great. It would be great to be able to go somewhere sunny and warm while the the winter weather is here. I, I love a, a getaway as much as the next person. But I'm actually mo- missing birthday parties of all things. My boys, my like kids' birthday parties. Yeah, my boys usually have a a pretty big gathering. Actually, they usually have two. Their friends over and family. We didn't do that uh, back in July. And their cousins. My nieces sort of got ripped off of their birthday parties this. 
this year. And so we were going to do a cousin's birthday party at the end of July. But for a variety of reasons, health uh, concerns included, we decided not to do that. So, yeah, I'm missing those family gatherings. And I would just love to have just a big blowout. Actually, I, I'd love to have a blowout for the for the kids' birthday party, and then the following weekend, an, an adult blowout. <laughs> everyone over to the house and just have and just have some drinks and 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 have everybody over. I, I really miss that that on mass socializing face to face. I miss miss hugging my buddies too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, hey, I'm I'm well. I was, other than the kids' birthday parties, I'm with you there pretty much on, on all that I'll stuff. make sure you get an invite uh, next summer. <laughs> but uh, for me, my specific moment actually is much like Jeff Braun goes specifically back to last November as well, uh, specifically November eighth, November 9th, and November tenth, because the couch potatoes. <laughs> the distinct honor and privilege, as you may recall, of sitting on a couch on stage right next to the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra for Superhero Showdown. So for Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon, Jeff and I got to sit there and eat potato chips, a couple of uncultured louts, while the Symphony Orchestra was playing all of our favorite superhero theme songs and I know one of our colleagues Dan Vadabonker, he was in the audience and he said, you in particular Brett you were just so like, I was like a child, I was just sitting there with my you know, my hand on my, or my chin sort of resting on my fist with wide eyes as they came out and played the Avengers theme and the Batman theme and of course closed it with the uh, the incomparable music of Superman. It was just such an electrifying event to be able to sit there with 2,000 of your friends watching the symphony play this amazing music. That was a moment I will never, ever forget. It's such a privilege to have gotten to do that. So we need you to text us at 204-780-6868. Which moment in time would you return to over the last year? For a chance to win some Santa Lucia pizza, $20 gift card, text us at 204-780-6868. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb back next week. Jeff Brown with Global News at 7 is next. All right, before we get into... Our next segment. I got to ask you, Greg, why are you doing this to yourself? Well, because we got an email from the Department of Redundancy Department. And the Blue Bombers and Manitoba golfer Aaron Cockerell improved their respective positions in the CFL draft and European Tour golf rankings, respectively. <laughs> Kelly Moore has your sports coming up at 725. <laughs> Brett looks at your forecast next. Not only did I run out of breath, but I used a word uh, twice, essentially, in the same well-crafted intro from Kelly Moore. I didn't need to mess it. I just needed to read it as it was presented. Instead, I uh, walked myself into uh, a redundancy situation. So I wanted to apologize for that. There was no need for that. I didn't even catch it. Well, I didn't I did. even catch it. I did, and I probably wouldn't have slept tonight thinking about it. So, <laughs> uh, We are so hard on ourselves sometimes. Also, we're asking you to text us at 204-780-6868. If you could return to just one moment in time over the last 12 to 18 months, because a lot of people were celebrating the Grey Cup over the weekend, because yesterday would have been Grey Cup Sunday, a lot of people returning to that moment in time time herb says 
the most perfect place for me, leaving Winnipeg in February with the snow and ice crunching below your feet at minus 22. 24 hours later, standing on the beach on the Bay of Banderas in Porto Vallarta with the sun creeping over the Sierra Madre Mountains with the morning temperature at 22 degrees above the ocean air ambiance. Priceless. Herb, thank you for that. You are now in potentially to win that $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza. We'll give that away after 9.15. Now, look, we make no secret about our desire to celebrate Manitobans making a difference in our community on our program and here at 680 CJOB. And one such individual who works with newcomers to our city posted something on Twitter last week which caught our attention. Yeah, our next guest tweeted this, Brett. I'm holding this. A bit in disbelief. I wish my mama could be here to see this moment. We arrived with nothing. I've been asked to provide an expert witness statement to the House of Commons, re-refugees and newly arrived immigrants, new citizens, and their participation in democracy. Dorota Blumchinska is the executive director of ERCOM, president of the Canadian Council for Refugees, public speaker, educator, activist, and advocate here in Winnipeg. And Dorota is our guest right now on the start. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for asking, Dorota. Uh, First things first, congratulations on the honor and responsibility attached to this invitation. There was a picture as part of that tweet. What were you holding? Well, I was holding a um, a wired headset that was actually sent to me from Ottawa very, very quickly upon my sending a message that I didn't have the proper hardware to, to participate in this incredible moment. Wow, it, it is uh, fantastic. So before we learn about ERCOM and what you will be discussing with this parliamentary committee, I have to say I could sense the emotion and what this means to you and your family's story to be included in this process. Can you maybe elaborate on the sentiments you expressed in your in your tweet? Oh, absolutely. Um, we We came to Canada in 1989 as privately sponsored refugees. Um, I was born into um, an occupied Poland, uh, Soviet occupied. So in Poland, there weren't free elections. There wasn't democracy. There wasn't the right uh, to vote and to have a voice. Um, And yet this was something that was so um, desperately desired by the people and especially important for my parents who considered themselves to be uh, tremendous patriots of our country. So when we came to Canada, uh, in 19, and when we became citizens in 1993, so four years after arrival, we became citizens. Um, that fall in October, there was a federal election, and it was the first and, in fact, the only time in my mother's life that she freely participated um, in such a moment. Now, at the end of October, the federal government announced increased immigration targets over the next two years. The country is aiming to add 401,000 new permanent residents next year, 411,000 in 2022. That's an increase of 50,000 compared with the previous targets. The last time Canada attracted more than 400,000 people in one year was in the early 1900s. So those numbers represent a tremendous amount of opportunity, but along with challenges for newcomers. So what will immigrant and refugee community organization ERCOM of Manitoba do to help those who come to Manitoba? 
Well, one of the one of the most important things that I think we do as a community um, is we try to be a convener and a bridge builder. So, so much of what we focus on is emotional integration. So everyone obviously needs housing. They need employment. They need an opportunity to go to school and learn our official languages. Um, but what people need the most in order to feel like they belong and in order to feel like this is their home is they need social capital. And social capital is friends and neighbours and colleagues and people who value them and welcome them um, and see all of their possibility and potential. So at EARCOM, so much of what we do is bringing the Winnipeg community in to meet our newest neighbours and encouraging our newest neighbours to take the risk and take the bold steps out of the safety of EARCOM uh, and make friends amongst those who may not speak their same language or maybe come from a different cultural background, um, but who nonetheless are deeply invested in, in helping them build home here. So when will this committee meet uh, that you've been invited to testify before? And uh, what do you expect to share with them? Is it the Winnipeg experience or or something else? Uh, we will be um, meeting on Thursday morning. Um, and part of what I will be bringing is, is the voices of many Winnipeggers. So I've spent the last several days reaching out to, to many friends in different ethnocultural communities and specifically asking them if, if they have any input, because I think more than just my voice, it is, it is the voices of many communities that have to be brought to that chamber. Um, and what I intend to share is that, first and foremost, no one, not, not established Canadians and not new Canadians, want to put anyone at risk during a pandemic in terms of their health and well-being. Um, so obviously, Things like physical distancing um, and following protocols in the era of COVID have to be adhered to if there should be a federal election. Um, but also more importantly than that, um, new Canadians, I think, have a profound desire to participate in our democracy. I think there's a hunger to, to have a voice and to have every vote counted um, and to feel that this is something um, that when we become citizens, it becomes our responsibility, um, but also our right and the right that we desperately want to exercise in order to help shape the place that that has welcomed us. Um, so I think for, for many of the people that I've spoken to who've sent responses, um, they really want to impart on the House of Commons the need to ensure that there aren't digital barriers. If, if we do online voting, we have to understand that not everyone has the same level of digital literacy. Uh, if we do mail-in ballots, we have to ensure that every vote counts up to and including election day. Um, we have to make sure that we increase public education around democratic participation and assure people that it is safe to do so um, and that their ideas matter and that, um, that they will form a government through their choice that will represent their best interests and that will assure them a better life, hopefully. Um, this is something that many have experienced from countries that they've come from, where there have been very skewed electoral processes and governments that uh, disenfranchise communities. And I think we have to get past apathy and disillusionment and make sure that every single eligible voter knows that um, that they do, in fact, make a decision that shapes our nation. 
Dorota Blumchinska, Executive Director of IRCOM and President of the Canadian Council for Refugees, a public speaker, educator, activist, and advocate in Winnipeg, once again will be speaking before a parliamentary committee. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning. We very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back next week. Question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid. Helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. The question that is now up at cjob.com. Lottery tickets have been deemed non-essential in the latest restrictions. Should you be allowed to buy a lottery ticket in person? Yes or no? Cast your vote at cjob.com. We've also thrown that up on Twitter at 680CJOB uh, because there were a number of things that people discovered they could no longer buy as of uh, Friday morning. You couldn't go out and buy a lottery ticket. As of Friday, you couldn't buy newspapers, gift cards, or prepaid credit cards. The province did switch that over the weekend, uh, but the lottery tickets, Greg, remain no-go. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, some people are very understanding of that, but others are saying, oh, Come on, like, uh, what if I play my regular numbers? One of our loyal listeners, I think it was Scott, said that he plays the same numbers every week and and certainly uh, didn't get to play his numbers this, this past Friday for the Lotto Max. So I guess there'll be some people asking the question about that. You went online and set up an account so you could continue to purchase your lottery tickets online. But that aside... Do you think the access to lottery tickets is an essential service and for you? I, okay, for, for me, no, it's not essential. I like to play the lottery, not because, uh, I mean, that, that's about as far as I go with gambling. I don't do the, the pro line when I go to the casino in Las Vegas, for example. I will uh, I'll play the, the horse racing game. Do you remember that one? Uh, there's, there are only two of them left, as far as I know, in Las Vegas. One of them is at, is it the D? Uh, there's one on um, uh, Fremont. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember the name of the hotel. And then MGM, yeah, MGM had one last time I was okay. there. It's just that old quarters game. Like you can't win. I think the most you can win is like fifty dollars. There's no real money on the line. It's just fun okay. to watch this ancient machine. Okay, uh, it's the actual horse racing machine. Yes, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where the horses go around and round, <laughs> and and uh, I remember playing it, and I met some interesting people from Arkansas, and I think there was another guy from Nebraska, and we were all just ch- cheering and yelling. That's about as far as I go with gambling. So it's not essential for me, right. and I have. Acts, I can do it online. I just, it almost feels unfair because a lot of people, I mean, anytime I go to Shoppers Drug Mart, anytime I go there, I always have to wait a couple of minutes because the person in front of me is buying a variety of lottery tickets. Uh, and I think I'd be willing to bet that not everybody who buys lottery tickets has the ability to do so online. So I just, it almost feels unfair to me in a way to just suddenly cut that off and force a segment of the people who normally buy lottery tickets into a situation where they simply can't. Yeah, but then then it goes into the question of crossing that line from unfortunate to essential and the whole notion of of limiting the amount of time people are spending in the stores. So I I think it's an interesting discussion. Well, and, and for sure, is it essential to be able to go into Safeway and buy a bag of sour cream and bacon ruffles? Oh, you had to open this can of worms, didn't you? It's, <laughs> I, it's not. It might be for our friend Loren McNabb, but 
that's the issue a lot of people have, right? Is that the the government is creating a, a list of essentials on our behalf, and your list of essentials might not necessarily line up with the priorities that the government has created on on our behalf and for us. I chose sour cream and bacon ruffles, by the way, because I can hear them calling me from the store. Like the grocery <laughs> store is just it's a two minute walk away, and I can hear them calling me, Brad. We you, we know you want to eat us. Come get us, and I have to sit there and say no. I'm I'm eating lettuce. Leave me alone. Anyway. Uh, You're answering back the voices in your head. That's not a good sign, just for the record. (laughs) I'm the only person I That's it. It's just me. It's just me in my (laughs) apartment. (laughs) Poor Brett. Give me a call next time. Uh, Text message from Kevin. And uh, Greg, you flagged this as saying that Loren is going to be disappointed to miss this. So what's Kevin have to say? Uh, He says, I just told my suitcases that we're not (laughs) going on holiday this year. Now I'm dealing with emotional baggage. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. McNabb is on vacation. She is back next week. Text message at 204-780-6868 on the question, which moment in time would you return to over the last 12 to 18 months? And this listener says, I would go back to March 12th. That was the day all sports stopped. It's also the day my oldest son's high school hockey team won the B Division Championship. And if their game had started 15 minutes later than it did the game would have been cancelled. They were very lucky to get that game in. I also miss watching my other two kids and the sports they play. Hopefully one day soon it will all go back to normal. Oh yeah, missing the kids' uh, sporting events uh, absolutely at the top of the list for a lot of people. Now I'm going to whisper this. (laughs) I do enjoy the extra freedom that the last few months has provided from some of those things that have you running around from school to school crisscrossing the city but overall i would trade it in a heartbeat to be as busy as we were once upon a time in order to have my kids growing and experiencing in their endeavors uh whether it be on the uh, on the volleyball court or on the curling ice or uh, playing baseball yeah we we miss we miss that a, a ton in our house yeah, I mean, for a lot of kids, I mean, those they're missing such a crucial part of their development and they're mm-hmm. missing out on potential memories that could last them forever. I mean, you only get a couple of years sometimes at that stuff. So hopefully this doesn't go on too, too long. But the reason why we're asking you that question this morning is because social media timelines were absolutely flooded with Grey Cup memories over the weekend as yesterday would have been Grey Cup Sunday in Regina. And tomorrow marks one year since the Winnipeg Blue Bombers claimed their 11th Grey Cup championship in Calgary. On Saturday, right here on 680 CJOB, we relived the 2019 West Final, one of the craziest playoff games in recent memory, a game which sent the blue and gold to the big game. Yeah, that's what I did Saturday night for the most part. This year's Grey Cup would have been our next guest's 48th consecutive Grey Cup. If the game doesn't happen, the streak is still alive, Bob. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The streak has not ended, and it will be extended next year. 
in Hamilton. How about that? How about that? Uh, Bob Irving is, of course, the voice of the Blue Bombers and joins us for his weekly visit. Bob, a mix of melancholy and excitement over the weekend as Brett was talking about those posts and interaction all on social media over the weekend. CFL fans from across the country sharing their memories of Grey Cup's past. Yeah, I know a lot of people had uh, their own Grey Cup parties, virtual parties. I don't think anybody was, uh, you know, flouting the rules now with COVID. But, uh, yeah, tremendous memories. And I think back to the game in Calgary, November 24th of 2019. And, boy, it was a beautiful day there. It was two degrees at game time, which is about uh, as good as you can expect in Western Canada this late in the season. Uh, the Bombers in Hamilton, the Bombers were big underdogs against the Ticats and out they went and then won the game and you know in very handy fashion the final score was what was it 33 to 12 yeah over the Hamilton Tiger Cats and uh, right off the bat the Bombers got off to a great start they had an interception then there was that Strebler to Andrew Harris touchdown pass they were off and running and you just had a feel early in the game that all the prognostications about Hamilton being the stronger team and the team that would win would go out the window uh, the Bombers laid down the ground rules right off the bat. They got after Dane Evans, the young quarterback of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and went on to a, a victory that will be seared into the memory of Bomber fans forever. One year later, the excitement surrounding the Bombers win in Calgary seems to remain in high volume, Bob. Yeah, I think it does, uh, Brad. It's, you know, without any games this year, I guess out of sight, out of mind sometimes with the Canadian Football League. But the diehard fans, the fans here who, you know, still revel in the, the championship win a year ago are still behind the club with the club. I know Wade Miller, their CEO, has said that the vast majority of their season ticket holders for this year have just said to the club, hey, keep our money and, you know, we're in for 2021. So I think there's a tremendous feeling of support and excitement about the Blue Bombers, and that's, I guess, somewhat expected after a, a great cup victory. But, yeah, I think, and again, this past weekend with what would have been great cup weekend, uh, those feelings just came to the surface, and, uh, you know, fans are fired up and, and hopeful, as we all are, that there will be football in 2021. Let's go back to 1991, Bob. 29 years ago tomorrow, it lines up with the anniversary of the Blue Bombers' Grey Cup win in Calgary. The very first Grey Cup game played at Old Winnipeg Stadium. That was before the largest crowd to ever gather in that building. What did that game do for not only the football club itself, but the league overall, Bob? Well, it set a precedent that you could have the game in Western Canada. It had been in Calgary before, and of course in BC quite often, and, and it had been in Edmonton, but Winnipeg or Saskatchewan had never hosted a Grey Cup game, and Cal Murphy, who was the bomber GM and really the driving force along with some of the directors behind having the game in Winnipeg, it just said to the league, hey, the game doesn't have to be held in two or three different cities every year, four cities. It can be held right here in Winnipeg and, and over in Regina, which are two of the, the great cities in the Canadian Football League with fan bases that love the game. And so I think it, it just set a precedent that here we go. Let's move this game around. Let all nine uh, teams have a chance to host it. Uh, boy, I remember that week. Well, it, boy, it, it was bitterly cold. Honest to gosh, it was so cold. It was terrible. And yet... Uh, people from across the country had a great party in Winnipeg, one that they will never forget. And uh, the Argos were in the game with Wayne Gretzky and Bruce McNall and all those guys. Uh, John Candy were here as part of the celebration. It was just uh, 
It was a landmark uh, moment for Canadian football. Minus 17 at halftime, or at, at kickoff, pardon me, for that yeah. game. And then uh, as the CFL describes it, and it fell to a wind-chilled minus 35 by halftime. Was there any <laughs> any ounce of regret on the league's part to hold the Grey Cup in Winnipeg that year? No, I don't think so. The weather was tough for sure, Brett, but the week in its total in terms of the the parties and the events and just uh, how well run it was by the Winnipeg committee. There was a parade. I mean, everything went off just beautifully. And the weather was kind of almost incidental because, uh, you know, the game only lasts three hours, so it's cold for three hours on the Sunday of the game. And it was a pretty good game, too. As I recall, the place was sold out. No, the the cold weather could not uh, trump what a great week it was in Winnipeg and how much I think our city said to the rest of the country, hey, you know, we're a we're a big-time place. We can hold an event like this and pull it off like nobody else, and we did. I remember going to that Grey Cup parade. It was so cold. The marching bands couldn't play their wind instruments, the trumpets, <laughs> uh, nothing in fear of that their instruments would freeze to their lips, I suspect. But uh, you also saw that incredible and and uh, forever uh, immortalized uh, play with the Rocket Ismail's uh, kick return for the touchdown with the frozen beer on the field. And yeah. in Matt Dunnigan's performance, Bob, on basically a broken shoulder. And then six months later... He ends up a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Yeah, we learned about how seriously hurt Matt Dunnigan was uh, after the game. His shoulder, I guess he uh, he's talked about it himself. He took a, two or three large needles in there so he could actually play the game. And his numbers in the game weren't very good, but uh, his team won, and that's all that matters. And then the next year, you're right, Cal Murphy, with the help of Winnipeg Enterprises, who came up with uh, some of the cash, signed Matt Dunnigan to a huge contract to come in and quarterback the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which he did over a three-year period. One of the things I recall, too, guys, about the 91 game is how impressed the media from across the country were. I mean, a great cup game had never been held in Winnipeg, but every reporter that I talked to from across our land said, man, you guys have done a great job. You've put on a great show. So there was nothing about the Grey Cup game in 1991 that was a negative. Everything was positive, and it was it was just a great advertisement for our city in a lot of ways. Bob Irving, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, our weekly Monday visit, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Marlene texting us saying, I love hearing Bob with his Monday morning talks. Just wanted to thank you guys, so I wanted to pass that along, Bob. See, there are people who are interested. There's at least one. <laughs> Sometimes all it takes is one. Thank you, Marlene. That's very nice of you to say that. <laughs> 8.46 on 680 CJOB. A reminder, Greg, who are we talking to tomorrow for breakfast with the Bombers? The most outstanding player, the most outstanding Canadian in last year's Grey Cup as we celebrate the one-year anniversary of that win in Calgary. Andrew Harris joins us, and I've also secured a special guest from Andrew's past uh, that will join us on air as a surprise to Andrew. Andrew, if you're listening this morning, you can... Let the guessing begin. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I don't even know who it is. So we'll find out together tomorrow at 7.37 right here on The Start. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, who is back next week? It is your last chance. In about 10 minutes' time, we are going to give away our $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza based on your text messages at 204-780-6868. 
Which moment in time would you return to over the last year or so? Laura says, I would go back to the Pilgrimage Music Festival in Franklin, Tennessee, September 2019. It was the first time I had ever been to a music festival, and it was amazing. Keith Urban, Nathaniel Rateliff, The Killers, and The Foo Fighters, Greg. Oh, yes. Of course, Keith Urban was the halftime entertainment at the Great Cup in Calgary last year, and The Foo Fighters, you highlight them because uh, outside of Tuke, they are my absolute favorite rock and roll band this this, right now and probably have been for about a decade. So send us your text at 204-780-6868 and maybe you will get that $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza. Now, here's the headline at globalnews.ca slash Winnipeg and at cjob.com. Fact check. Can COVID-19 tests be tricked by the influenza virus? And other questions answered. Great question. It, along with several other questions about COVID-19, have been asked and answered by our next guest, Alicia Dacey, a senior online journalist here at Global Winnipeg. Alicia, good morning. Good morning, strangers. How are you doing? We're doing all right. I don't know the last time I saw you in person. I guess it was back in uh, March, March of aught, uh, of aught 20. It's something like that. It's been a long time. I miss you guys. How many uh, days uh, consecutive is it uh, in the basement? I know you have a running total on your Twitter account. Is it uh, 246 or 47 today, something like that? I think we're up to 260 or so. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Hey, anyway, that was a great uh, question that you asked. Before we answer that uh, first question, what had you asking these queries? Well, uh, I'm in charge of our social media, and... All the time I see these conspiracy theories that people post on our, our page. It's very frustrating, of course. Um, and now that we're getting into flu season, uh, those conspiracy theories and myths are starting to uh, circulate around the flu and uh, COVID-19. So I wanted to kind of bust some of those myths. So what did you learn as it pertains uh, to the flu? <laughs> um, probably the most pervasive myth that I saw on our pages was if you have the flu and you go get a COVID test, that test will come back positive for COVID-19. That is absolutely 100% untrue. And um, I went to some of our local experts to debunk that. Uh, and so Dr. Uh, Jason Kindrachuk over at the University of Manitoba, we're all pretty familiar with him. We chat with him quite frequently. He says... It's wrong because the COVID test that we use, that nasal swab that goes into your brain, (laughs) um, it is detecting a very specific um, genetic sequence. I'm just going to call it a protein, a very specific protein in in the novel coronavirus that is not found anywhere else. So it has nothing to do with the flu. It has nothing to do with the cold. It cannot detect the flu and it cannot cause a false positive. So if you get a test and it comes back positive for COVID-19, you have COVID-19. Well, you know, uh, the flu and COVID-19 so often used in the same conversation, the same sentence for some people trying to dispel and and suggest that the coronavirus of COVID-19 is is not a serious situation. Uh, I, I think we should be well past that by now. But as you mentioned, the questions continue to be asked included this one. If the novel coronavirus is spreading, the flu must also be spreading at equal rates. What did you learn there? 
Uh, well, again, that's absolutely untrue, and there's several reasons for that, why we're seeing coronavirus spread and multiply and outbreaks everywhere, whereas we're not seeing the flu. Um, Kinderchuk said it comes down to uh, the fact that we have already a bit of a natural immunity to the flu because of past flu viruses. Um, the flu is not as communicable as coronavirus, basically meaning that you don't infect as many people with the flu as you do with coronavirus. And we've already been washing our hands, wearing masks, social distancing. And so that is preventing the flu from spreading faster than coronavirus. We also, uh, I mean, we, ever since the start of the pandemic, one of the, the, the things that people would push back on was they would say, well, we, this is when the numbers were much lower for COVID-19, but they'd say, what about flu numbers? There are always way more people who die from the flu every year. And that's another myth that you looked up, that the novel coronavirus is no more deadly than the flu. And that's also not true. Um, just looking straight at the statistics uh, for the last year, so according to public health, uh, in Canada, I mean, it depends on the year and the flu strain, but we get about 3,500 people who die every year from influenza in Canada. Now, think back to our numbers starting in March when people started dying. Um, there have been about 11,500 deaths from COVID-19 in Canada this year alone. So the novel coronavirus is about three to four times as deadly as influenza in Canada. Of course, with other countries where public health systems aren't as robust as ours, it's even worse. One last one that we want to ask you about, and that's the age. SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 isn't dangerous for anyone under 60. This is a myth. Have you got a fact checked on this? Absolutely. And I think if anyone has been paying attention for the past couple of weeks, they know this isn't true. Um, last week in Manitoba, a woman in her 30s, a man in his 20s died from COVID-19. Um, and we're still just figuring out the long-term implications of getting COVID. Uh, some people have long-term consequences, and we don't know what all of those consequences are going to be because we're learning. We're still learning about this flu, uh, about the, the coronavirus. It's a very novel virus, so things are going to change, and we just we need to be careful. Yeah, on uh, 60 Minutes last night, they did a story about the part of the hospital. They've got a They've got a new area at uh, Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City where they're studying the long-term effects of COVID-19, something they set up for 9-11 as well to examine some of the long-term ramifications of either being on site at 9-11, the psychological impacts of 9-11, and they're calling uh, individuals, otherwise healthy individuals. One of the individuals they interviewed yesterday uh, was a long-distance runner, and uh, they're calling those that get COVID and are stuck with uh, some serious after-effects long haulers. So we're just starting to learn about that now. Absolutely. And uh, we'll continue to learn as, as the research continues, of course. Global's Alicia Dacey joining us live on 680 CJOB. Alicia, thank you so much for the time. Good to talk to you. Anytime. Take care, guys. Alicia is a senior online journalist here at Global Winnipeg. And again, the headline, can COVID-19 tests be tricked by the influenza virus and other questions answered? And that headline begins with the words fact check.
Mackling and McGarry McNabb on vacation. She is back next week. we got to give away that $20 gift card, Santa Lucia Pizza, based on the question, which moment in time would you return to over the last year or so? Because a lot of people were wanting to return to the Grey Cup last year because yesterday would have been Grey Cup Sunday this year. Tomorrow, of course, is the anniversary of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Big win at the Grey Cup. And great text messages, as always, at 204-780-6868. Christine with a good one, Greg. Yeah, I would go back to Chris. Christmas last year, my husband's family flew in from Whitehorse and Toronto. They came to spend, uh, did I say that right? Toronto? Toronto? Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> I said it like a Winnipegger, didn't I? They came to spend Christmas morning with my side of the family and made roughly 30, I made roughly 30 pancakes, four pots of coffee, and lots of hot chocolate. Mine had Bailey's in it at 7 a.m., and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Oh, I guess I don't need to whisper that then. It was delicious. <laughs> My kids were so happy, surrounded by family and playing with the new kitty Santa dropped off. It was the last time we were all together and what I wouldn't give to go back to that because I don't know when we'll be together again. And uh, Christine, that reminds me of, I think, December 27th was the last time my family, uh, we were all together on my side of the 15, 16, 17 of us uh, watching a Jets game, having a turkey dinner. So uh, thanks for painting such an eloquent picture of uh, Christmas last for uh, you and your family. Terry saying, I, like many others, would really love to get away, go lay on the beach in the hot sun, specifically in Hawaii. But what I miss the most is waking up early on a Saturday morning to take my daughter to the soccer complex to watch her play in a weekly league game. Nothing makes me happier than watching her do something she loves and misses so much. Mm, You know, and it's funny because there are some times when that alarm goes off on a Saturday morning for a tournament, whether it be soccer or some other sport, and you Oh, geez, you know, could I not sleep in? It's Saturday. (laughs) But then once you get there, there is really nothing like it. Hanging out with the other parents and cheering on your kids and watching them grow in their athletic endeavors. I I know lots of you are missing that. So, uh, Terry, thanks for for sharing that with us this morning. Rob says, what I really miss is to hug my precious mother on special occasions. Next, I wish for those special gatherings of family, friends, where laughter, good food shared, and great memories are created. Really does reaffirm the truly real and essential needs that we require as human beings. Rob, thank Mm. you very much for that. But Greg, our winner, uh, and the reason why we chose this one, uh, just painted a very specific picture that I think sort of brought back certain feelings for, I I would suspect, all of us, but also just, uh, this is a pretty cool story. Yeah, we saw on the television Television when the NBA games were canceled and teams were pulled off the floors even though they were ready to play. Well, this is a, a, a very similar situation, much more local in scope. I, If I could go back to March 12th, that day all sports stopped. It's also the day my oldest son's high school hockey team won the B Division Championship. If their game had started 15 minutes later, then it than it did, the game would have been canceled. Very lucky to have gotten that game in. So congratulations, you are our winner. The $20 gift card, Santa Lucia Pizza. We shall be in touch. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at 
Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.